football game. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. The throw rainbows it down the right side for Kyle Pitts. He's got it. He's there. Touchdown. Oh, my. Oh, my, indeed. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sports Bits podcast with Moco. Here talking about all things Florida Gators football and Boston Celtics, just Boston Celtics today. And also we have a special guest on the podcast. It's your boy, Rusty, on Reed's cam today. We're also back on Zoom. So because uh, we're all home and we're all it's summer. And sadly, we couldn't do an episode last week because of finals week and all that stuff. So we'll officially be back on schedule for all this stuff, especially with the playoffs starting next week. So we, we're going to be on top of that every week. So, I mean, anything to uh, say, Rusty, before we get on to the game breakdowns? Um, no, I mean, I'm glad to be here. Okay, I'm an OKC fan. An OKC oh, fan. yeah. He's also an OKC fan. Any, any comments about the OKC Thunder this season? I mean, hey, I mean, we're doing what we can to get to get some more uh, picks. So, <laughs> okay. Now. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, the first game we want to talk about, uh, we're going to go right into the breakdowns, is the Spurs versus Celtics. Um, it was a 40 to, uh, 140 to 143 uh, win for the Celtics in overtime. Uh, first of all, it's in overtime. So why did we put the Spurs in overtime is my question. I want to pose to you guys first. Uh, let's go with James. Why do we? Why did it have to go to overtime with this? Well, stuff? honestly, I mean, it didn't have to go to overtime, but the like the Celtics fell apart in the in the third quarter. I mean, it, it, it was it was it was clear that the well they actually you know they school outscored the um, San Antonio, but um, they they started the game the first the game slowly and then they started to pick up the pace after halftime. But um, the Spurs, I mean, they came out hot. Um, Celtics only scored 16 in the first quarter. Um, you know, that, it's atrocious. But uh, it was a it was a big game from Demar Derozan. I mean, he had 14 assists and 30 points. I mean, you can't do much other than that. Um, and uh, Dejounte Murray also went insane. Almost had a triple. Rosen still can't shoot a three though. Oh, for two, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. but yeah, I mean, like it didn't need to go to overtime, but I mean, it, it was clear that San Antonio was, uh, was starting out really hot in uh, the first two quarters and then the Celtics kind of brought it back a little bit, but um, in the third quarter, I felt like that the, the Celtics just weren't looking as great as they, they should, which is why I mentioned that before, but um, you know, like they, they could have the way that they were torturing them in the third quarter, they could have dominated that game and finished it within four quarters and instead of having to make it go to overtime. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, and especially since, like, what you just mentioned, they, they scored 16 points in the first quarter. Like, the Spurs are not known to be necessarily, like, a defensively strong – like, a, an especially strong team on defense. So the fact that they can help hold the Celtics to 16 points in the first quarter, I think definitely speaks more to the lack of offense from Boston as opposed to the defense from the Spurs. It's crazy you say that because, you know, people will call you crazy if you said that about like five years ago when they had like Tim Duncan and uh, mm-hmm. LaMarcus Aldridge in his prime and all that and Kawhi Leonard. And now you can say that about the Spurs now because they're not as, uh, you know, yeah, good as they used to be. Defensively, for sure. But also you got to You got to give credit to Pop, you know, because Pop, he takes what he gets. And, you know, he always, he still always pulls a decent season. I mean, obviously this year they're not doing well, but um, he usually pulls a decent season off. They're still in the play in tournament. So. Um, I mean, yeah, the Spurs, like, obviously not having a great year, but Pop does whatever he can. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm going to pose this question to Rusty. Um, with the Spurs, do you think they have a chance to win against the Lakers if LeBron is back or not? Let's let's go with that, and then we can, everyone else can answer. Um, I mean, personally, I don't think so, just because AD is so dominant when 
when LeBron is out. Um, but I mean, hey, it's the playoffs, and you never know. Anything so, can happen. Yep. Anything. Can Anything happen. can happen. I know James had a few comments about the Lakers when I mentioned that earlier. Well, the... I mean, I, I'll have I have more to say when we're talking about the playing tournament when we mm-hmm. when we have that. But um, you know, as of right now, uh, I'll just let you guys in a little bit that like I don't think that the Lakers are going to be doing much. That's all I'll say for right now. Yeah. I'll bring it up later though. I'll just say the only reason we're talking about the play-in tournament is because the Celtics are in it. If they weren't in it, I wouldn't care about the play-in tournament. I would wait till the matchups come up. But now since I'm we're actually, that trash, I'm we have to talk excited about it. for this play-in tournament. I don't like like the idea, but like they already implemented it, so like we kind of have to just take it. And honestly, yeah. like I'm I'm a little bit excited because some of these teams that we're seeing, like the Wizards, they haven't been playing well all year. All right, then Russ kind of gets hot second half of the season. Him and Beal are starting to mesh a little bit more. Bertans is taking, you know, uh, more of an offensive load. Um, yeah. So I'm actually very excited to see how they do because yeah. also Washington, or I guess I'll bring that up when we talk about the Yeah, well, well, let's save your comments about the playing tournament until we get there. But let's talk about the next game. Oh, what's hold up? on, hold on. We have to, we have to, you know, finish it on a positive note. The Celtics mm-hmm. did win against the Spurs and yep. Tatum mm-hmm. scored 60. Which is good for him. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Record. But um, you know, yeah. I mean, now we can talk about the next game. But I wanted to bring oh. those two things up because, like, that that is true. Tatum had a massive game, but I mean, he he really only pulled out for oh. them in the in the second half. Quick, so, quick thing, yeah, James. He shot um, well too. He shot well too. He shot like yeah. um above fifty, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hold on. I want. I want a quick pause. I, I actually had the note here. Uh, Tatum scored sixty. Second, uh, second youngest player to score sixty next to Booker. How does that feel, James? That uh, yeah. Tatum feels, and Booker are both up in there. And that uh, uh, feels great. Kind of you know, I love. I love seeing the seeing the young guys do do really well offensively in the NBA. I mean, obviously. Just throwing it out there right now. Tatum's never going to beat Booker's record, but still, <laughs> you know. Um, you, you can. Know, he's, it, he's older now. He's older yeah, than Booker. But so. it, it, it's, it's good to see. It's good. I'm glad that the young guys are getting really involved and becoming better players as their careers go on. And I can't wait for their primes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rita and yeah. Rusty, any comments about that? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that means we're moving yeah, on. Yeah, that means we're moving on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, no, James wrapped it up in a nice, in a nice little bow. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to see when the young guys pull out, especially when Tatum, because like I mean, we talk about Tatum all the time and how he's inconsistent this season. Um, so yeah, it's really nice to see him pull out with a sixty-point game for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, funny enough, we're gonna talk about the <laughs> the next game is the Blazers versus Celtics. Absolute atrocious defensive and offensive night. I think it's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good offensive night for both teams. They were shooting really well and everything. Um, I mean, the one person that I could highlight that was really bad that game was Jalen Brown had a terrible shooting night. He was six for 22, one for nine for the three-point line. And both teams actually shot over 50% from the three-point line, minus Jalen Brown's one for nine. I mean, how does that sound from you guys, like having a 50, over 50% from three? That's Whoever what the Celtics to. need because the Celtics have decent shooters, right? All right, so – when when Tatum when Tatum's on and Kemba has been turning up for these last this last week this last like, past couple I think like seven games or something Kemba's actually been a factor, um, True. and like they can shoot obviously so it's nice to see that they're shooting about fifty percent or above from three because that's what they're gonna need to win games and I think they didn't beat they didn't beat the Blazers but I think that it's still a good sign for the Celtics offensively because. Like they're gonna need to shoot well against these uh, defense, these defensively um, stronger teams when they get to the playoffs. 
I'm a, I'm a just going to pat myself on the back a little bit and just say Evan Fournier. <laughs> okay, Mans is turning up for the Celtics, and y'all trashed on me for that. I, I, no, I, I, I told you, I told you after his first game when he shot like 0 for 11 or something crazy like that. I was yep. like, I don't expect him to be like that for the rest of the season. Yeah, we will talk about him more next in the heat first heat game because that's the next game up. But uh, I had a few more notes about the Blazers because uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the stat line for 48, but I will of the heat game, but it was really good. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. We can give our even thoughts the, on 48. Even in the Blazers game, he had a good stat line. He had five rebounds, three, three assists and 21 points. I mean, like yeah. he was second, he was the second largest scorer other than Tatum in that game. But it was I mean, better. His stat line was better in the next game. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But yep. We're talking about this game. So. <laughs> yeah. Still but, off, um, Still I, I have some key stat lines that really showed why we lost. Uh, I highlighted it. I just looked through the box score. Um, the steel, uh, the Blazers out like stole or I guess out stole us from eight uh, eight steals to three, and then mm-hmm. we turn over we the turnovers was nine for the Blazers and eighteen for the Celtics. Those are the two things I saw. I was like, yeah, this is the reason why we lost. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And the yeah, defensive rating for our, our team for the Celtics was one twenty seven. So all those three stats really just show that we couldn't stop them. We we kept losing the ball. There's no way we were coming back. Mm-hmm. Do you have a comment? It was pretty even. Yeah, I was just gonna say that turnovers have been like a pretty big problem for like the losses in the for the Celtics this season. Like every yeah. time they lose, every time the Celtics lose, they've had a huge or not every time, but like pretty much most of the time, they've had a really big disparity between um, the teams in turnovers. And it's obviously yeah. with Boston having more. So of course, you know these teams. A lot of the teams also they have fast players that are gonna get up on the fast break. So mm-hmm. like they get the steal and then it turns into an easy two or even a three. Yeah, well, and then every turnover you make, I mean, it shifts the, it shifts the, uh, what is it, uh, dynamic of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, because like, so, yeah, someone gets the ball, and then that's an extra possession for them. And you know, you look at like their uh, their offensive rating, which I'm not looking at it right now, but their offensive rating, how many points they score per 100 possession per, per 100 points <laughs> per 100 possessions. There you go. Um, and yeah, so like, of course, they get more <laughs> possession. Yeah, they're gonna score more points. So it's definitely turnovers yeah. are a huge problem for the Celtics. I think. Yeah, I think I've noticed a little trend. I think if it uh, if we we lose, generally we have nine plus turnovers on the on the game, which is you know I guess nine is average, but like nine plus. So it means usually mm-hmm. they're getting more than nine. So just like it's you can see that trend is understandable. Like why we keep losing is this ball control has not been a great thing, and mm-hmm. you know it's. I don't know how to solve that. I mean, Kemba is a great ball handler. I think all of our guys are decent ball handlers. I don't know if there's a remedy to that, like an instant remedy. Yeah. (laughs) Pause. 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 All right. Uh, Anything else? Yeah, I have no other notes unless uh, you guys wanted to say anything about the Blazers before we uh, move on to the Heat series uh, the past couple days. I mean, I just hope that Damian Lillard gets a lot more recognition this season because he's been going on. I was just about to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm very scared. I'm scared for whoever has to see him in the playoffs because we all yep. know that regardless of what his record is, he always comes in. He has like that mentality about him. He comes into the playoffs. You already know he's going to be a problem. Playoff like, Dame, baby. Playoff Dame. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So next game, we're talking about the Heat series. Um, Kemba's back. Uh, he did really well this series. So that's a good sign that he's not shooting like trash and he's not playing like trash. So maybe this break was good for him, even mm-hmm. though he's on injury. And then Brown got injured, of course, during the Blazers game. We'll talk about his injury later. But uh, uh, Miami game one, uh, Miami shot 50-40-90 as a team. 
So mm-hmm. that's really the only thing I have, you know, that, that why they won. Uh, and then Fournier, of course, had a great game, 30 points, three rebounds, eight assists. I mean, off those two little uh, mm-hmm. no points I have, what do you guys thought, think about the Heat game? Uh, James, let's go with you. I mean, it was a definitely close spot battle most of the, most of the game. Um, but, um, you know, they the Heat just started torching in the second quarter. Uh, they dropped 43. I mean, like that. It, you can't let a team score 43 points. Exactly, exactly. And like you, like you mentioned, so having them score 40, 50, 90 a, as a team is already in, impressive as itself. And I would be shocked if they didn't win off, based off of those stats. So, I mean, like uh, that just shows a lot right there. On top of that, they finished the game great and scored another 40 in the fourth quarter with, compared to the Celtics 25. So, I mean, it, like throughout the game, they there was close fought battle with uh, for the Celtics trying to keep up with the Heat, but the Heat were just too much that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all know, like we know that the Heat can do that. Like they, yep. you know, they turn up um, – they turn up in the second half a lot, but for this game, they actually, they went into the half with a 26 point lead over the Celtics. Celtics were able to cut it down, but like you said, you know, they always come out on top in the fourth quarter. Like they're always, they're always huge in the fourth quarter. I feel like the Heat are. They're yeah. a very clutch team. Mm-hmm. They are. They have a, they have a lot of good options. Jimmy, I think. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that, I think his mentality is starting to rub off on these younger guys that are really taking up the, <laughs> really taking up the role as like great, you know, great player, great role players, and maybe even star players in the future. And I mean, I mean, that's great for them. And I mean, that's good that they're developing their young talent. Hopefully Jimmy can win a ring with them. But uh, I mean, I that's, well. yeah. And going off the young guy notes, this is also for part of game two. So we'll just mercies. Um, I've noticed with the trend, at least with these two games, that the the young players are scoring, are shooting really well. First of all, most of the shots are going to, example, Kendrick Nunn, uh, mm-hmm. Goran Drogic, and Tyler Hero, there's one other guy that got a bunch of shots. Duncan, okay, Duncan Robinson, Hero, Drogic, and none. Those four guys had over uh, 10, 10 shots this game. That doesn't ex- exclude their uh, doesn't include their threes. That's overall just ten shots, and that just shows that they're distributing the ball to those shooters and getting them open, open, mm-hmm. which is what we've been talking about a lot with the Celtics. That their deep perimeter defense is a little bit lacking, even though Marcus Smart is back. I right. think Spolstra found that as like an opening for them to like potentially get a ton of points. So he may have been listening to this podcast. I don't know. We've been, I've been saying this a little bit. The perimeter defense is a little lacking. So I think he might have found that and mm-hmm. use that to use their advantage of having great shooters like Hero and, Rob, and Robinson. Yeah, so. you gotta you got to stay connected to shooters when it comes to the heat because we know that they can shoot. Like, um, yeah, like you said, like they have Duncan Robinson. All right, Duncan Robinson, I'm pretty sure, is like fourth in the league right now for three-point makes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what his percentage is on the season, but it's got to be good. He shot 60% this game. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to be able to shut that dude down because he scored he scored 22 points, only two free throws and then one other shot other than his six threes. Oh, so, yeah. Like, you you got to stay on that man. You know, he's going to knock him down, especially like we saw last year with the playoffs. He was a big factor for the heat in the playoffs. And Tyler so, Hero. Yeah. And Tyler Hero. But, um, yeah, I think Duncan Robinson, if he can maintain that same energy, he's going to be a problem in the playoffs for sure. Definitely. Yeah. My my thing is that if you lock one of the shooters down, the other three will be open. So you find Drogic is still a great shooter. Then you have Tyler Hero is still a great shooter. None is a great shooter, even though he's not as great as you know Tyler Hero, but he's still a great bench uh, point guard who can shoot and do everything else they need, they need to do. So this is a very deadly team. They got Bam Adebayo as a defensive anchor with Jimmy as well. So this is this team is well rounded. I don't they their their record does not show how well they are. I think they're way better than what their record shows. So no, I think the playoffs will prove me different, prove them differently. Totally. You guys, 
Yeah. Do you have any other comments for the, I mean, that's all the notes I had because like mainly the shooting was a problem and that's like, we've been highlighting this and Spolstra clearly listened to us about I mean, the other than, problem. Other than the fact that Tatum and Fournier had big games, mm-hmm. there's not much else to note about the game. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it was like pretty, pretty, um, like a, just like a well-rounded game, honestly. There were no lead changes. The Celtics didn't lead once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was tied twice. So, yeah, I mean, it was – it was the, the Heat definitely got the better of the Celtics this game mm-hmm. all around. Yep. That's what happens when you play against Eric Spolstra and that great Jimmy Butler-led defense. So, mm-hmm. killed everybody, and that led to the Heat playing in the playoffs. And I think that's – hopefully they can do something again this this year, being the mm-hmm. fourth seed, and they have home court advantage. So, I uh, hope so, too, because, like, I know we were talking about them earlier and how, like, they may be, like, a fluke. Last year was a fluke, them getting to the finals. But, like yeah. – so these their their recent slate of games they've been doing a lot better. I, I like what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. So I think they'll I think they're they're peaking at the right time as as you know I always say about like that's the important thing for most teams to peak at the right time. Don't peak in the middle of the season then dip off near the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, that's important for them, especially when they're playing as hard uh, like a lot of tough teams like the Nets, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, that's really it. I wanted to move on to the playing tournament now because we're talking about playoffs, and I think this is like the biggest part of the podcast. We need to highlight our a bunch of time on since the Celtics are in it. We're the seventh seed. We're playing the wizards. Let's focus on the Eastern conference first. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on the Western conference, but it's not our conference. So let's go into the West. Uh, it's the Eastern conference. Let's talk about the uh, Celtics versus wizards. I don't have any notes. Let's keep this free flowing. First thoughts on this matchup right now with Russ and everything. All right. So I, like I said before, I like the wizards. I like what they're doing now. You know, they are still have a crappy record, but Russ and Beal have finally figured out what they need to do to start winning games. Um, one stat that I want to bring up for the wizards is that they are 11 and eight in games that are decided by three points or less. So they have a positive record in like those close games. And I think that when it comes down to these playoff games, I don't see a major blowout, you know, in the books just based on looking at it. So I think that the those clutch games are definitely going to be um, an important part of it. And the Wizards clearly can play in the clutch. So I think that they're going to be a dangerous team in the play-in tournament. Um, for me, I mean, I just want to clarify basically what you're saying. So you're saying in this situation that the Celtics would lose their first round against Charlotte and then play Washington and play into one. No, it's 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 seven versus ten, then eight versus nine, right? I thought that's how it worked. No, there's also still like there's still like five games for each team. And the Wizards okay. are I mean the Wizards are bad. As of right now, the Wizards oh, are playing the Indiana. And the okay. Play. I must have had a misunderstanding because I thought the play in tournament was a similar to the seeding of how the regular playoffs works. So I thought it was seven, ten, then eight, nine. No, okay, it's, so it's seven and eight, seven and eight play winner of seven and eight gets the seven seed, seven seed. And then the loser of that game goes to play the winner of the nine and 10 game. And the winner of that game um, gets the eight seed. Yes. What kind of, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a lot more janky than I thought because I thought it was yeah. just seven, 10, seven gets it, eight, nine, eight, get, they get eight. That's like how my, my thought original thought was. Yeah, it's, but yeah. Like a, it's like a weird like double bracket kind of thing for the. So I learned I learned that because uh I honestly I didn't like the playing tournament I didn't really do much thought on it now since we're in it I kind of have to know what's going on now, so <laughs> <laughs> so actually this makes it more interesting because we're gonna be talking about the Hornets now because that's our first matchup and that's gonna be a lot more difficult than I thought. We're playing a fully heal like a, a healthy Lamelo Ball now and we're playing Gordon I think Gordon Hayward's back as well, so that that actually scares me a lot more now than I and thought. And you got scary Terry still. 
And they got Scary Terry, who's probably on a, on a revenge series. He wants to, like a revenge series against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, how about how about this? How about them Hornets? How about, what do you guys think about Lamelo and everything that's been going on with them this season? I think I think that they're on the come up, man. I mean, like as much as I don't want to say it, like they're they're a good team, like and like they can play well together. There are a lot of good young guys in there. I mean, even uh, Miles Bridges is really good. I mean, he's starting to do a lot better now that Lamelo's passing him the ball a lot more. Gordon Hayward. The connection that those two have is crazy. Yeah, and, you know, um, Gordon Hayward's doing his job as much as he possibly can. Um, and, uh, you know, like, Lamelo's just balling out this season as much as I didn't really expect him to go this much. You know, he, I mean, he is definitely a, a rookie of the year candidate. Do I think that he'll get it over Anthony Edwards? Probably not. But um, it's very possible. Um, but uh, I think that the Celtics should beat them in the first round. They're yeah, just right. a more experienced team. Yeah, well, and then I also think, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's really in the hands of LaMelo on how he steps into this leadership role when it comes to playoff time, because then we will see how good he truly is. Mm -hmm. So a quick note, Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward are going to be out for the playing tournament. So, I mean, that, that puts me at ease, but imagine, I'll just go hypothetical. Do you think the the Hornets could win if they had Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward back? For the I playing still tournament. don't think so. I still don't I think, think they so. could. I think, I think it would. I think they could definitely. Like they need to have that. Like like Chris just said, um, the like Lamelo definitely needs to step up big in this in the playoff series if they are going to win. I think it's definitely possible, assuming that um, you know Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward are healthy. But you just said that they aren't, so I don't mm-hmm. see it either. But um, I would say that the only reason why I say that um, Charlotte wouldn't beat the Celtics in the playing tournament, even if everyone was healthy on the team, um, is because the the Celtics just have so much more experience in the playoffs than the Charlotte does. The Charlotte is just a way more young team that hasn't really gotten to the playoffs and hasn't really seen much action towards the playoffs. This is their pretty much their like breakout year. So, um, you know, I, I just don't think that they're ready yet. Um, do I think that this experience playing Boston in the first round would help them exponentially? Yes, 100%. All right. Yeah, because they're going to see what it's like to play like a team with experience, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, let's let's talk about quickly the Pacers versus Wizards. Who do you think is going to win? Like, what are your thoughts on those two teams? Who's going to win the eight seed type of deal? Uh, That's a big toss-up, in my yeah. opinion. It is a toss-up, but if everyone's healthy – um, I think that, Ooh, that's a really tough one to say. I'm going to put uh, my like, money on, I'm going to put my money on the Pacers, like not actual yeah, money, but like, I just because thinking, I think I, Sabonis I think, can turn up. Sabonis no, is a, just about a in Levert. I think he's going to be, he's going to be the X factor. I think yeah. Sabonis in the, in that playing game. Cause we already know Levert is most likely going to play well. Yeah. Um, and then we're also pretty confident that Washington's probably not going to be able to shut him down. Cause they're not a good team defensively. Um, so Levert probably is going to have a good game. Um, yeah. Sabonis, I think, is going to be the X factor because Washington is not really that big of a team. You know, I'm pre- yeah. I don't I don't know who their starting center is, but is well, it they they Lopez? had Thomas Bryant and then he was right, injured he the rest injured. of the season. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, so like what they have right now, I know I, I don't know if Robin Lopez is starting, but he's been a pretty big. He's getting a decent amount of minutes for them. Um, Sabonis is going to absolutely tear him up. Yeah, like okay. so, yeah, so, like he like Robin Lopez is not a great player he's not terrible but like he's not very strong uh yeah and, like Sabonis is just like a 
a very like quintessential just big man. He's going to get in the paint. He's going to score his points. He's going to get his rebounds. And I think that Robin Lopez is going to have a really hard time trying to out rebound him. And I just don't think it's going to happen. And just you have to think. Re- oh. You have to remember. Um, TJ Warren went off in the playoffs last year. He's injured. Yeah, uh, I'm just checking the. I'm injured? checking the. He's out for the rest. Of, I'm going to check the injury reports. We're not saying anything dumb, but uh, TJ Warren's out for the season. Miles Turner. Okay. Uh, it says he's got injured at 19th. I don't think he's played since because of a toe that injury. I remember. Yeah, Brogdon is day to day with a hamstring, so yeah. he might be back. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be a little bit depleted, especially defensively, because Miles Turner is a great defensive anchor at the five. So yeah, hopefully yeah. he's he's back. We'll see. We'll see how it, how it do. A toe injury kind of sucks, you know, for what it is. But the, yeah. I, I do think that Washington losing Thomas Bryant was more than they thought that they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. They need that presence in the paint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's not expected to play. Yeah. Uh, Beal? Wait, Beal is Miss Monday. It's a Wednesday. He might be back. It's a hamstring. So, again, hamstring for Brogdon and Beal. We'll see how they go. Again, I'll I put think, my money on the I on also the think Pacers. that Washington's going to play Beal. Or I think Beal's going to want to play in the oh, yeah. game, regardless yeah. of how he feels. Because, yeah. like, I mean, that's that's like their big break. If they win that game, then they win the next game. They actually get into the playoffs. And I think that Russ really wants that right now because he knows that the Wizards have had a playoff drought for how long? Now? I don't even know how long now. I don't know if it's yeah. been a drought, like a long time. Wizards? Them, but like, we know that they kind of stink, you know? Yeah. They I mean, they've definitely again, haven't happened to the playoffs in ages. <laughs> yeah, but again, yeah, since the, they've been the Bullets. They The last time they won a championship was with the Bullets when they were named the Bullets. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, so we'll see what they can do. Uh, let's jump quickly to the West. I'm not going to go in depth. Let's just say who who do you think is going to be the seventh AC? Let's just let's throw it like that. Who do you think is seventh AC in the West? Um, I think that the eighth seed will probably be Golden State. I think that seven will probably be the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Say it is now. Yeah. So we have we, you guys have no hope with the Grizzlies making potential. Uh, I think noise. that the Grizzlies could make moves. I just don't know if they're ready yet. Uh, I see I mean, that. Honestly, the Grizz, the Grizzlies, and the the Warriors right now are both. They're only the 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 Grizzlies are only half a game behind them. You know, I, and I think they I have mean, three, four, or five games left. So I think that um, the um the that Memphis should have beat. Portland last year in the play-in tournament. That's why I don't think that they'll do anything in this tournament. Okay. Yeah, I'm just nervous because, like, I don't know. Memphis is weird like that because they just don't – like, I don't know why, but John Morant always tends to have a good game, but, like, it's always a matter of, like, his supporting dudes. They also, just, yeah. He's got – yeah, JJJ's back. Triple J's back, so. Yeah, but, like, that's right, he, that's right. like we have no idea how he's going to perform. Like, he's played, what, four or five games? That's <laughs> That is true. Yeah. I got no idea. So I don't know. I, it's it's a weird. The West is really weird. Seeing the Lakers and the Warriors in the play-in tournament, but yeah, I, yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna take the safe bet and put the Lakers and Warriors seven and eight, and that uh that's really it. Unless you have any other comments about the play-in tournament, and then next week we'll go into the main playoffs because I know the Celtics will probably get the seven seed and we're gonna play in the Nets. So we're gonna have a field day the next week to talk yeah, about. It's gonna be a good series. The oh yeah, finals. Oh my God. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to the Jalen Brown injury. Cause that's actually going to affect us a lot more than I thought. Cause he's out for the season now. Cause he, he had originally a tournament. It was going to be day to day. And then it got announced like two days ago that it was out for the season. Uh, it was like a, in his, a torn ligament in his wrist and his left wrist. So what do you think? First thoughts and like, what, how does that affect our playoff play, play in tournament chances, et cetera. 
How, what do you guys think? I'm pissed. I'm wrong. Yeah, you're, you're pissed for a different reason. I'm pissed <laughs> yeah. Two, I'm pissed for two reasons. One, I'm pissed because he was out the last week in fantasy for the final, and I was in the final mm-hmm. versus my friend, and I lost, and I definitely would have won if I had Jalen Brown. But yeah. I'm also pissed because uh, this could mean that this could kind of possibly ruin the chances of the Celtics in the first round of the playing tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Jay, we know Jalen Brown's a big factor. When he plays well, the Celtics tend to win. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, having him out is just, like, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, then everybody else has to step up, which, honestly, I don't think. They haven't been, you know. I mean, it's tough. Like, I mean, Evan Debatable. has been, you know, stepping more into his oh. part. But, like, I mean, we're talking, like, these other guys, like Marcus Smart. He needs to, you know, kind of, like, bring more scoring to the table. He has been these last couple games, but he definitely needs to be – a big score. He needs to shoot well from three. All right. Cause that's yeah. like some, that's, he needs, he needs to be able to shoot well from three for the series. Um, and then like other dudes like Tristan Thompson, the other day, man's played like 28 minutes, had two points and like three rebounds. And, like, uh, he's supposed to be a rebounder, you know, yes. like he needs to, he needs to, well, quick FYI, Robert Williams is out with a foot injury since mate or since yesterday. Um, so yeah, he's out. Kemba Walker's out for injury management currently this week, and then Jalen Brown, of course, injured, and then also Marcus Smart has a calf injury. So I don't know. With all these injuries, it hopefully they didn't last till next week because we need them next week. But um, if Robert Williams and Kemba and Brown and everybody's not back for the, I mean, of course Brown's not back, but if these like Marcus Smart, uh, Kemba Walker, and Robert Williams, if they're not back for the playing tournament, how's that look for the Celtics? Not good at all. Bad. Not good. <laughs> yeah, that's that kind of so that's kind of the reaction I was expecting. Just because you know, Rob Williams, it was you know he was peaking or not peaking, but he was like he was going up. He had upper trajectory to be like a really good center, like a defensive oh, yeah. and you know overall center. So I was hoping for him to be ha- healthy for the playoffs, but we'll see how that works. And then uh, Mark, I mean, Kevin Walker. Yeah, I mean, he's great when he he's actually pull. He's actually been playing good recently. So you know, we'll see how that. We'll see if he comes back for the playoffs. Marcus Smart, really detrimental for overall leadership and impact. So pray he comes back. I'm praying. He's like the one piece. I think him and Rob Williams are the most important pieces right now that need to come back. So injuries happening at the worst time, just like in fantasy. My team, my three of my players, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and um, Colin Sexton all got injured during my playoff series, so I lost. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, yeah, injuries suck, and we yeah. they need to handle injuries better. I don't know what I don't know what they got to do. <laughs> I'm mad. Um, stop wrestling I feel like this season has been categorized yeah. by so many injuries. Yeah, there's been a ton. So many big. It's a big shortened players. season, and there's been so many injuries. It makes no sense. Right. But what's going on, dude? Yeah, it makes no sense. But um, let's go move on to our one minute hot take. It's a great one because we're talking about Russell Westbrook. So I think last week he broke the record for the most triple doubles in NBA history. He passed Oscar Robinson for, I think now he has 182 now because he just scored one last night. So he officially passes uh, Robert uh, Oscar for the most triple doubles. And my question is, does, what does this mean for Russell Westbrook's legacy slash career? And then the quick note I have on that, he hasn't won a ring yet. Oscar has only won one uh, ring in the finals and he's been to two finals, one, one. So what is your, what's your thoughts on that about, you know, his legacy and career? Well, yeah, well be- so you want to go, go first, James? No, no you got it, Rusty. Yeah, Rusty, I can start us off. Okay, so I mean. OKC fan right here. Let's get, let's get well, the. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, Westbrook, I mean, this is just adding on to his resume on 
why and why he should be a Hall of Famer. Um, whether whether he is or not, um, that's kind of up for debate. But me personally, I think he he has a shot. Um, but anyway, um, going back to, I mean, just hit how his play style is. I mean, I, I figured that this record would eventually be broken, but I honestly didn't think it would happen this fast. But Seriously. I mean, he's he's been balling out since God. It's been since a while. he got since he got to the league, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I uh I I do believe that um Westbrook will without a doubt go into the Hall of Fame, whether he wins a ring or not. He won an MVP and he broke the triple double record. That's pretty yeah, much I think all the you triple need. double record alone, you know, yeah. should almost qualify him. And on top of that, him. on top of that, I think that Westbrook is probably going to set a record that is going to look more unbeatable for this triple double record. I think that he's going to break 200 and I think that it might even be past 215. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a hard record to beat. Now. It's going to be a hard record to beat. I mean, just the yeah. thing about Oscar Robertson did it back. I think Oscar did it back in the seventies. So it was, mm-hmm. I think it would be a lot easier because relatively the seventies was a lot easier to play. It was like a weird time for basketball. Cause I wouldn't say it was like the best time. I think the eighties is when the basketball really was at its peak in the nineties. So, I mean, that's also another thing about Oscar Robertson that he, I think he played less seasons uh, than Russ, if I remember right. If looking at I th- looking at his time in the NBA, in the NBA, and he only won one ring. So imagine if Oscar didn't win a ring, do you think he would he be a hall? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yes. 100%. I mean, do you think he would be a Hall of Famer with oh, yeah. just with triple doubles alone? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's a mo- Oscar Robertson's a monster. He was a consistent MVP candidate as well. You have to mm-hmm. take that into consideration. Let's see. Yeah, no, I think he, I think he, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. No Let's see, twelve-time All Star, twelve-time All NBA, three-time MVP. Uh, he's NBA championship, of course, one, one ring or one ring. So that's his resume. I'm gonna pull up Russell Westbrook real quick. What does he have? He is a nine-time All Star, two-time scoring champion, uh, nine-time All NBA, two-time MVP. So I think his his pretty comparable. I think he, he has more as well for at least he has two assists two assist uh nba uh, nba assist champion or whatever i think that's means most assists in the, yeah. in the season so he um he, he i mean the the i guess the resumes are comparable i mean if he wins one more mvp and maybe wins a champion he could definitely pass off robertson it's like in top in the top 50 easily oh yeah probably and at least in my top 50 every would, time 50 is very subjective so i would i would i'd throw him i would throw him in top 50 if that if it was over oscar because of that yeah i mean i would you would you can argue that his stats are literally better than his yeah and just so. my my argument with the hall of fame yeah. part of it yeah and my oscar about the my thing about the hall of fame thing is is that um i think his impact of the game has been more of a thing than because hall of fame is not just winning yeah. Yeah. This is also about his impact to the game. And I think his impact to the game is just being that electrifying player that everyone gets like wants to watch because he guaranteed triple doubles, like a monster athlete can't shoot still, you know, it's always mm-hmm. been a problem, but he's still scoring and still doing his thing triple double wise. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see again. We'll see as I always, my, my, always my, uh, I guess my saying is that we'll see because I don't want to like put anything out there and just absolutely get shafted yeah. by something. See, every time we, every wrong, time we make good. a prediction, <laughs> It, like it, the opposite comes true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That is true. Like every time, I, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Though I have, I have confidence. And he's, how many nah, more? I, I think he, I think he has a, probably like two, three more years left in him. So mm, I, I think he, he might have four. I think four? he has yeah. more. I think yeah. he has more. I think yeah. three is like a minimum. Because how old is he? What like thirty-two? 32. Like thirty-two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got at least four. 
Okay. That is, yeah, that is fair. I mean, 36. And honestly, like he might even just like say, screw it. And, you know, like play till like he's 40. He's yeah, going to pull LeBron. I don't know about that. He's, he's a very – his know, play dude. style I mean, does like, not – He's not going to be as explosive, obviously, yeah. if 40, but, like, I don't That's know. That's kind of what I'm saying, though, is that, like, maybe he like, doesn't want to play. He's a good enough playmaker where I feel like he can slip into, like, a pass-first mentality and then he totally like, could. still be viable, like, in his – Yeah, yeah. He totally could. I just think that he would – that, like, he would prefer to end on a good note rather than, like, suck for, like, two years. Yep. That's also fair, mm-hmm. yeah. His play style does not favor him in the long term, but we'll see yeah. how long. That's why I'm saying like two to three is conser- very conservative because he's 32 already. So that's why yeah. I was like, you know, I'm very cautious. But LeBron is LeBron is of course he's his time does not work with him. So we don't, I don't count him as a as a thing. But I think Steph Curry is a good example. He's like 36. Curry, no, he's not 36. Yeah. He's Steph's like 32. Yeah. He's around the same age yeah. as Westbrook. I'm pretty. Sure. I think he's 30. He's, like he's 33. He's 33. So he's around the same age. So yeah, I think they'll both. I think Curry will be a lot here a lot longer than um, Westbrook just because he can shoot. And he can probably still shoot till he's forty. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then Westbrook, well, I I, mean, that's why I have him less. You say that, but like if you watch Steph play, the man is running around the court constantly. Like he, his cardio is like. Yeah, his cardio, but he's not bodying people like Westbrook. That's like my little yeah, thought. But about like that. it takes more like, of a physical I mean, tax. Forty, like, sprinting turn. around a basketball court. I'm just saying, like it might be a little <laughs> difficult for him to get open. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I can see what yeah James about to comment about the physical physically taxing part of yeah. the, his his play style, which is what I was trying to get at get at. Yeah, you but get yeah. beat up a lot more down low. Yep, that's where Westbrook is shines. But yeah, that's really it for the one minute hot take. Unless you guys have any other comments about that and anything about Oscar or maybe about Russell. I I hope that he gets another MVP. Mm-hmm. Same. Probably, yeah. Westbrook? That's, that's, yeah. Westbrook, yeah. Yeah, I think Westbrook winning another MVP would be awesome. I agree. That would be so cool. I mean, he would tie. What's well, that? And then, I mean, also, I mean, if he if he does win a chip, I don't think he's winning a chip on the Wizards, but no. if he gets yeah. another team, he might. But... He's going to pull a Blake Griffin and go to, like, the Nets or something like that and yeah, <laughs> just win a chip Nets. there. Honestly, you know, <laughs> if you get him on the Nets. Oh it would be no, a backup point guard to, to Kyrie. That's, that's how his, his career is going to end. What if he went to the Nuggets? Oh, wait, no, Jamal Murray. Actually, Jamal can play shooting guard, so I think that yeah. could work. That would be crazy. And honestly, Jamal Murray, like, isn't even the best playmaker now. Like, the, now. the top playmaker on the Nuggets is obviously Yoke. Yeah, Yoke, that I is agree. true. I would totally agree. Yoke, that Yoke-Porter Jr. Uh, connection there is insane. That's why they've been playing so many games. Now they got Aaron Gordon, which is crazy. <laughs> I love I love the Aaron Gordon pickup. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. Aaron Gordon hasn't even, like, taken, like, a huge role either. Yeah. Like, he nope. He's only getting, like, 20 minutes. 16 point, like, 20 minutes, 16 points yeah. a game. But, like, that's all they needed from him. Like, he's doing exactly what they needed. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what I would say about Aaron Gordon. I, lo- I love him as a player, so it's great. Great for him on the Nuggets. But, yeah, that's that's going to be it because that's uh, all the time we have. Of course, Zoom is – we're back on Zoom, so it'll be a little shorter episodes. But if we need to – we can actually do like probably two Zoom Zoom calls and just make it work. But I think for I think next week is when we're gonna make it a lot longer, longer format. But yeah, until next week, everybody. Peace. Peace. Peace.